This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Boom Rookies presented by ESPN. I am Matt Bungard, and with me today for a pod debut, uh, it's Code Sports NRL writer Pam Whaley. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having me. Uh, No worries at all. Thanks for being here. Uh, We are rolling on another couple of weeks with that campo as he continues his uh, trip around America to find himself. And uh, yeah, I've been, it's been great in a way because I've been able to get so many talented and wonderful people from the sort of NRL media sphere onto the show in the last few weeks. And you are just the latest name on that list. So, uh, 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 so tell us a little bit about yourself for people who may not be aware. I mean, obviously you should be aware of Pam and her work, but if not, uh, you know, what, what's the deal in Whaley world? <laughs> what's the deal with me? You're saying, um, well, yeah, I'm an NRL writer. I, most of my stuff appears in the telly and on code sports. I do a lot of women's rugby league as well. Um, but yeah, a lot of NRL too. So I kind of juggle both of those, which I love. Um, I'm from Wagga. So that's where everyone kind of played footy or netball or was involved in some kind of footy club growing up, which is why I learned to love it. And it just became a huge part of my life. So here we are. And here we are living the dream, talking about footy on a Friday morning. But uh, the dream has become a nightmare for the North Queensland Cowboys, who were gunned down 32 to 12 at home. Pam, I mean, we'll get to the Sharks' resurgence in a minute. But, I mean, I've been right about a few things this year. Like I take big swings and been right. But about a month ago, I said the Cowboys were possibly the third or fourth best team in the comp. And since that moment... They have just fallen in an absolute heap. It reaches an embarrassing low here, disgracing themselves in front of Jason Tamalolo's dog, no less, in his 250th game um, to all but end their season. We were actually joking last night that probably Australia is one of the only places where you could run out with your golden retriever with your dog Mm. (laughs) in such a big game. Um, But no, yeah, I don't know why you made that prediction, Bungard. That was... Yeah, I don't know what you were thinking there. I I thought maybe at the start of the season the Cowboys would would roll on from the great season that mm. they had last year, but they yeah, they've had a couple of really huge losses this year which was just really it looked uncharacteristic for them and it just kind of maybe pointed to that they probably didn't have it all together at this stage. Um and then with their season on the line, they haven't really been able to produce much. So it's a bit of a shame. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I guess my logic was kind of like, it, I, I think I said this around the time they beat Parramatta like about a month ago. And I guess my logic was they came out of that, they came out of that flogging at the hands of the Tigers. They lost that game against Parramatta the following week. And then since then, like between that moment and where it all went wrong a couple of weeks ago, like they weren't just winning, they were killing teams. Like they beat the Storm by 25 they beat a weakened Penrith team and they smashed the Rabbitohs. They smashed the Tigers. They took care of business against Manly and then they handled themselves against the Eels. And it's just been bizarre that in the past four weeks with a buy sandwiched in there, they they had that tough loss against the Titans. And I did think the Titans played well in that game, but yeah, didn't, didn't show up really against the Broncos at home last week. And now, it, and, I, and I know the Sharks have improved in the last fortnight, but like the, the whole knock on the Sharks has not has been that they can't play against against the top teams. And I guess the Cowboys are, by definition, no longer one of the top teams because they're sitting in 10th right now and it's going to be tough for them to break into that top eight. But yeah, I, I thought that they were, you know, reasonably lucky to be as close as they were in this contest at halftime. Like I think that the 
that, that they were a bit, little bit lucky, I thought, with that initial no try, the one that I thought hit Wade Graham in the chest and should have been play on. But, you know, you make your own luck in this case. And they get a try out of nowhere with Scotty Drinkwater. Um, but, yeah, their attack just really didn't click last night. I mean, it was kind of evident in the fact that, like, really the only time other than that that they created any sort of, like, sort of, challenging situation for the Cronulla defense was when Chad Townsend kind of got lost and ran halfway across the field and they, they threw a couple of hopeful passes and ended up scoring. But other than that, especially in the second half, I mean, they, they were just awful and uh, I'm full credit to the Sharks. who I think have now rattled off three very impressive performances in a row, but you look at the Cowboys in general, I thought Townsend had a pretty poor game. I don't, I think Drinkwater tried to do a couple of things, but you know, again, what wasn't as involved as he he has been in these wins that they were getting a few weeks ago. And then I think the biggest portion of the blame can probably go to their to their bench forward rotation. I thought that the game really changed when, and it's not just because they scored tries, but the game really changed when Tommy Hazleton and Royce Hunt came on. And I thought that they just beat the Cowboys forwards into submission. And, you know, when the Sharks win a forward battle, they've got the backs to kill any team in the comp, more or less. So you, if you let them get on top in that regard, it's, it's over. And, and they did it last night. And I mean, I can't put my finger on exactly what's gone wrong for the Cowboys in the past month, but I think it kind of has to start there. I just think that they haven't got enough out of their out of these out of this forward pack that, as you said at the start of the year, their fans would have been hoping would just be carrying on from last year with what a with what a tremendous season they ended up having. But instead, this was a game where they just got pushed around physically and 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 just out muscled by the Sharks. I thought. Yeah, you're exactly right. I think, and it's just. I, I feel like there's a um, there's a sense around the Cowboys and it wasn't there last year, but it has been over the last couple of years that when there's an an excuse or when there's a reason for them to take the easy way out, they kind of do. Mm. Um, and I think that's kind of what's happened in these in these last few weeks. And that's that's kind of been the story of their season. Yeah, I, I think that's and it's it's because they're a weird one, right? Because you look at other teams where they're kind of fighting to make the eight right now. You look at like Newcastle and you go, oh, well, if they'd started Kalen at fullback all year, they'd probably have a couple of wins. You look at Souths and go, well, if they hadn't had the injuries and the origin stuff, they'd probably have a couple more wins. But the Cowboys don't really have anything that jumps off the page for me. I don't know if you feel the same way, but they don't really, like they've been relatively fit all year. They've had a pretty disrupt the disruption-free season. And so it's really just, I can't work out where it's all gone wrong. And I guess, like, I think Top Payton's a really good coach and he's shown that over these first couple of years in the NRL. But, like, they've been relatively fully fit and they've not only not won, they've lost a bunch of these games at home where they traditionally, even when they were a bad team in the 90s and 2000s, was always a hard place for teams to go. Like, the idea that a team like the Sharks, who not only struggle on the road, but struggle against good teams, can come up to your house on on a night where you basically need to win to keep your season alive and not just beat you, but embarrass you. It's just, it's staggering to me. And I just, I can't work out what exactly has gone wrong for them and why it is what it is for them right now. But it looks like it's just going to be a completely lost season. Yeah, I agree. That's what I, that's what I was saying. Just, I think, cause they've had a random few injuries this year. My, like Nanai was out for a little bit and obviously there's the Valentine Holmes now as well, mm. but they just kind of latch onto these things and yeah, just can't seem to get. Well, Nanai at Holmes was all self-inflicted, right? Like that's all that that those two dudes combined have missed like fourteen weeks through suspension or some shit. So yeah. you're right. That's you. It, it, it's it's always it's there's always something that they can look at and point to. But at the end of the day, geez, they kind of just stunk in this one, didn't they? They did. 
I think there's also a lot of kind of young players in that Mm. side too and potentially that mental toughness of being able to, they had such a great year last year and to you've kind of got to do that every year and that that builds up over time but it also is bloody exhausting you know like that that's really a mentally challenging thing to do and they probably just not there yet yeah, but enough about them. The Cronulla Sharks, that we were we were writing obituaries for them three weeks ago. They came out with that tremendous showing against South. They took care of business against a bad team in the Titans, so that didn't really move the needle. They've been able to do that all year. But this, to me, I mean, I said this on, on Friday in our preview show. I said, I'm not going to tip them yet because I need them to show me one more. Show me one more game that the South game wasn't a fluke and that the Titans game wasn't just you returning to form. And show me, they certainly did. I thought that... I think that Blake Braley is a guy that Sharks fans have sort of not been overly enamored with for good reason for a lot, a lot of large chunks of his NRL career. I think he has shown himself to be a little bit too one dimensional. The service hasn't been good enough, but the last month or so he's been outstanding and he was, he was brilliant to me last night. I feel like Nico Hines again now in this little run that they're having is finally sort of playing with the calmness and the, like he's mixing, he knows when to pass, he knows when to run, he's getting his kicks right. They're getting everything right in terms of playmaking from those guys. And I don't think that's a coincidence with Braden Trindle coming into the team. I mean, he boomed a 40-20 last night, but that wasn't all he did. Like, he is just preferring to be a perfect foil to Hines. And, you know, I'm someone who was a bigger Matt Moylan fan than most for a lot of his career. But we talked about, you know, the Knights' big what if is, you know, what if they'd had Ponga at fullback all year? Maybe they'd be in the top four. Well, what if what if the Sharks had sort of pulled the pin on the Moylan thing? six weeks ago, like maybe they'd, maybe they'd be firmly entrenched in the top four right now, because I think the addition of Braden Trindle has really, really helped them. And uh, like, you know, they've got Will Kennedy to come back as well, but Connor Tracy has been awesome. And I think there's a few teams in need of fullback help who might be, you know, might be giving him the side eye for next year, because that might well be his best position. And Will Kennedy is a fantastic player. So there's probably no, long-term runway for him to play in the number one jersey at Cronulla. But again, I just thought their whole spine was fantastic last night. He's, I love Connor Tracy. Mm. Uh, like he just always comes into that team. He always does a job. Um, yeah. So I think he's probably one of the main reasons why they've been able to cope without Will Kennedy, but it's just so weird to me a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. There was just, there was a line through the sharks for me. Mm, done. And, they have so next they've got the Knights and then they've got the Raiders. Two games that they could absolutely win. Mm. They can finish in the top four. Yeah. Well they're in the top four right now on four and against, right? Because the Storm haven't Crazy. played yet. Yeah. They we we were done with these guys uh, of three weeks ago. And it's yeah. just it's just remark I guess it's just how close that sort of log jam between like third and it now God, even the Roosters in eleventh is that like we can go from this team's a real dark horse in the premiership to this team is not going to make the finals and they stink and vice versa. Like the Cowboys and the Sharks have kind of changed their fortunes completely. Like the, the three weeks ago, the Cowboys were the team we were talking about could go on a run and the Sharks were finished. And now it's just completely been reversed. But I mean, I don't think anyone on this Cronulla team had a bad game last night. I think that this up there with that South, along with that South game was their best team performance of the year. Like, and it, they finally got, I think their best forward rotation as well. Like they've struggled all year to get Rudolph Hamlin, ULA and those bench guys all on the field at the same time. And it looks like this balance they've got now with those two. And then Royce Hunt and, and tall Tommy Hazelton, who's been a revelation this season coming <laughs> off the bench. I think they've really kind of nailed that stuff. And you're right. I agree. There's no reason why they're going to go into those next two games 
thinking that they can't win them and, and finish in the top four, which is baffling to say, given, yeah, going to that South game, everyone thought they were going to go to Perth, get lapped and slowly sort of drop out of the top eight and maybe have to play the Raiders for a spot in the eight on that last day of the season. But instead, the Raiders might be fighting for their lives, but I don't think the Sharks will. Yeah. I, I, I want to be clear. I don't know if they're going to do anything in the finals. Hmm. I'm, I'm not completely convinced yet um, because, I, I mean, I think we saw what they did last year as well. Yeah. And a much better season, I think, last year than they did this year, which is kind of weird to say too. But I don't know, maybe having the extra couple of games this season too is allowing some teams to kind of find some form at the back end of mm. the year with an extra couple of games to play. I don't know. It's it's. I think it's having an impact. Yeah. And so we talked about their fortunes over the last two weeks of the season. The Cowboys, I mean, they've got the Dolphins and then they've got the Panthers to finish the season. Um, you'd imagine they should be able to take care of business, although they've, against the Dolphins, they've lost the last two Queensland derbies in the past couple of weeks against the Titans and the Broncos. But You'd think maybe if they go 2-0 and and they get a big win against the Dolphins to boost that forward against, they can still sneak into the finals, but it does feel like we're getting to that dreaded mathematical point with them, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it'll be that last game against the Panthers. I think that that is going to mm. actually decide the minor premiership because the yeah. Broncos play Melbourne in the last round as well and yep. it's just going to be neck and neck then. So I'm yeah. not... At first, a couple of weeks ago, I thought maybe... Penrith oh, they might rest players, but... Players, but I actually don't think they're going to do that. And they've had a lot of players take a week off here and there. Yep, I, I agree. Because the Cowboys were the beneficiaries of that last year, I'm sure people remember. But I, yeah, I don't... Because I, I saw people saying that. They're like, oh, the Cowboys will play the Panthers reserves last week. And I'm like, are you sure? Because it's going to be... Like, even if the Broncos... Even if the Broncos... The Broncos have a bye this week. Even if they lose next week, it will still be... When Penrith have to name their team on Tuesday... They don't know if the Storm are going to beat the Broncos on Thursday night or Friday night, whenever that game is. So, like, they have to name a full strength team because they need to yeah. get winning to get the minor premiership, and they're going to and they're they're going to do that. And I think against a full strength Penrith, uh, it's going to be extra hard, extra hard for the Cowboys uh, to sort it out. And yeah, I think just what a strange season for them. They came into this one with with so much hype, with so much promise, and yeah, I think. The first half against the Raiders when it was 18-0 at halftime, we're like, oh, how good are these guys looking? And then, yeah, basically since then, they've really just flattered to deceive at all times. And I think, yeah, going to the foot of the mountains to make the top eight in the last week of the season against a red-hot Panthers team seems unlikely. So I'm happy to put a line through them if you are. Me too, yeah. Try! Try! This is a try! Brilliant! Brilliant play! I think it's a try! Oh, I don't know if this is going to be a try! Gee, what about this bloke? Okay, it's time for another round of What About This Bloke. This is our weekly segment where we talk about a player you might have forgotten about, uh, usually from the late 90s or early 2000s. That is our sweet spot. We've had a few good ones in the last couple of weeks, and we're going to keep that train rolling right now. Fam? Sitting around and naming old footy players is the finest thing a person can do. It's literally my favourite thing to do in the entire world. And this week, Joe has put forward Glenn Buttress. A good Raiders man, Joe, and a good Raiders player, Glenn Buttress. Uh, one of the first of all, one of the great rugby league names. Let's get that out of the way. <laughs> a guy, Glenn Buttress could never play rugby union or AFL or soccer. Glenn, Glenn, Glenn. Buttress is only Glenn. a hard-nosed hooker lock hybrid playing for some bad Canberra Raiders teams in the late 2000s and early 2010s. 
<laughs> also coming from Kudamundra as well. Mm. So he's something of a, Len Buttress is someone who's kind of been around in my circle, I guess, or extended circles for a little while. So I'm from Wagga, he's from Kudamundra. We have friends in common. So I, yeah, he, I'm friends with some of his close friends. So any, and anyone, any, anyone who does any form of sport that comes out of the Riverina is just, they're just a local hero. We latch onto them. We follow their career. We love them. Lane Buttress is one of those guys. Um, so there was a lot of Raiders fans around at the time. Um, but yeah, it's a, this, when this name came through, this was such a flashback for me. I actually hadn't thought about Glenn Buttress in a very long time. When did he stop playing for the Raiders? It was it well, about 2015? So it's interesting. Like, yeah. I guess this is classic Ricky Stewart, right? Like, Buttress played every week, like, literally started every game at Hooker for them in 2014. And then 2015 rolls around three bench appearances in the, in, in the middle of the season. That's it. See you later. Done. So. <laughs> It was funny. So I remember working when I moved to Sydney, I started working at big league and we were sitting around one day, it was 2014 that year. Um, and we were trying to decide pitches for players for the magazine or something like that. And someone in the office was like, who is, who is this player? It was a player in a Raiders Jersey. And I was like, that's Glenn Buttress. What do you mean? Like he's been the Raiders hooker for a long time and no one really knew what he looked like. Besides the fact that he had been such a solid player for the Raiders for so long, he was just kind of totally underrated. Yeah. Um, a very funny thing that uh, ha- happened with Glenn Buttress is he wore the headgear, right? So mm. this is this is actually great timing, and maybe this is why Joe picked him. But in our Discord, patreon.com forward slash number rookies, uh, a couple of boys collect um, trading cards. And um, someone, someone's old, there's someone has multiple Jared Croker footy cards. So it's happened twice where it's a photo of Jared Croker. Sorry, sorry. The card is Jared Croker, but they've used a photo of Glenn Buttress because of the white headgear. So there's one that uh, Wayno, friend of the show posted where it's, it's like one of those ones where like there's two pictures of the guy as a in focus picture and then sort of one in the background in the periphery and the one in the background is is glenn buttress and then someone else replied with a different trading card that's supposed to be jared croker and again it is a picture of glenn buttress so oh my god a jared croker stunt double uh, as he was known. Oh. yeah he um yeah so he he played he played you know bench hooker for the raiders for a long time scored a try in that really good finals win they had over crinella in 2012 um, so I think, the, uh, weirdly for me, the first time I ever saw Souths win a finals game in my entire life was the following week when the Raiders played Souths uh, and Glenn Butcher started at hooker for them. But yeah, he said that that semi-final against Cronulla was his favourite uh, favorite memory as a Raider. And he also said that Josh Papali had a blinder that day and stuck it to Paul Gallen. So uh, it's nice. Like, it, it, like you mentioned all that stuff about Kudamundra and, and, and like he, he basically said, you know, growing up, he wanted to represent Canberra because it was the closest team to the Riverina. It was a green dream come true, and so that this is a cut. This is some stuff that's on his like where are they now thing from um from on the Raiders website from like 2018. It says so like a couple of things like they used to play tricks on Dane Tills. They'd like send him out on blind dates with a woman, but it was him and Joel Thompson pretending to be a woman, <laughs> and then they just st- stand him up. <laughs> Oh my god, that's so mean! It is. That is like I, I, yeah. It's like literally, there's a story here. Like him and Joel Thompson were hiding in the car, like watching Dane Tills walk into a bar in his best dress to meet a woman who's not real. 
Oh my god, maybe that's just coming <laughs> off as normally and I watched the Monte Teo documentary last I'm, night. I've got that on my list because I watched the Johnny Menzel one the other day. And so now I've yeah, I've it's never I've never good. seen one of those untolds before. So apparently they're all quite good. So I'm gonna it's try cheering yeah. through them. But yeah, Glenn Butcher since then. So so on his Wikipedia page it says that he he went and became a teacher at Melba Secondary School, but he's actually had a couple of business interests since then. So he was he was he was a business partner in Goat Hydroponics between 2019 and 2020. So uh, 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 in the ACT where uh, they promote healthy plant growth and give exceptionally high quality yields. So that's good, I guess. Uh, But according to his LinkedIn, he is currently running a uh, pre-mixed vodka company called Never Surrender. So they can say Nev's on the front and one of them's got a pirate on it. Um, They sell... uh, Premixed cans of vodka iced tea lemon, vodka iced tea lychee, and uh, one that's just called Colombian flavor. Uh, you can buy those for $80 a case on uh, drinknevs.com.au. And I, that is apparently what Glenn Buttress is up to now. So good for him. <laughs> no, good I, looked at for the, him. I did actually look at this website. The The forwarding address is just down the road from where I used to live in Wagga. So oh. super interesting, actually. All right. Well, at the Boom Rookies Mad Monday, I might, might buy a couple of cases of Nevs for everyone. Yeah, what about that? I'm sure it's fine. It's really hard to fuck up like vodka and like soda with a bit of sugar in it, right? Like you'd for think. Sure. It's yeah. It's the easiest thing in the world to make. Like, <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, Glenn Buttress, we salute you. And next week, uh, our friend of the show, Mr. Beefy, is up. Uh, good Queensland man, a big Broncos fan. So let's see who he offers up for next Friday's show when we will have another new guest host, another debutante, but who could it be? You'll find out then. Right now, it's still Pam Whaley's show, and we've got a whole host of rugby league games to preview, starting with the Warriors hosting the Sea Eagles uh, this Friday um, at Daniel Anderson Stadium. I don't know why I said this Friday. It's already Friday, but... Uh, yeah. So yeah, they're 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 renaming. Is this is this a permanent name change or is this just for this week? I think this is just for this week, as far as I know. Um, okay. Yeah, to be honest, I'm not too sure about that. I believe that is also the case because like it feels like it's only been go media for like uh, not long. Mm-hmm. But yeah, anyway, the Warriors short forest favorites against Manly. Their top four hopes are still firmly in their own in their own hands. They get Charles Nikolukusta back at fullback. I think obviously that's that's a massive in for them. Thoughts. Um, Tuapiki was okay last week, but you know, Chance is such an important guy to the way they play, both in terms of his physicality and defense, and the way he gets himself involved in their movements with the ball in hand. They get him back. They get Bunty Arfoa back as well. Um, so you know, they they're getting fit again, and um, for Manly, it looks like it's more than the same. There's still obviously no Tom Tavoyevich, and they're still. I guess just going to be going through the motions for the next few weeks. You'd imagine they don't have a whole lot to play for after that loss last week, basically ended their season. How do you see this one going? Yeah, I think that's exactly right. I think the Warriors, who hasn't jumped on the Warriors train this year? It is just so exciting, I think, to see that they could finish in the top four. They are just cruising along. They're playing such good footy. It's so entertaining. The resurgence of Sean Johnson, you know, we've got Dallin, we've got all of those guys. They're just really rolling along. I love it. Um, I love to see them play well at home as well. Uh Poor old Manly. I think they actually probably might get up a little bit for this. I can see this mm. being a close game. Um, 
but yeah, I'm fully on the Warriors train at the moment. The the Dylan Walker and Fenil Blake revenge bowl. <laughs> they're calling it. No oh God, love when lost you there. Say it like that. When you say it like that, it's not that great. Yeah, look, I I'm tipping the Warriors with a relative degree of confidence. Like it, it, it's interesting for them. They've got they don't really have any stern tests between now and then. Although again, the, the Tigers played them pretty hard last week. I thought the Tigers played quite well, and the Warriors do need to come correct if they're going to get over the line here. I don't think Manly have shown themselves to be pushovers, even without Tom. Like We thought their season was going to fall in a heap, but it was only last week that we officially put a line through them in terms of final type. So they're, they're hanging around. They're hanging around, but I will take the Warriors. Now, two teams where the loser is firmly getting a line through them. Parramatta and the Roosters at Parramatta Stadium tonight in the main game. 8 p.m. Season on the line for both teams. The Roosters actually opening as short favourites. No, sorry, slight favourites. And I would imagine, Pam, that is due to the absence of Mitchell Moses. Yeah, I mean, he, he's he been trying really hard for the Eels this year. I think he's been playing okay footy. Um, obviously, he played for New South Wales as well this year too. So, uh, this is just a tough one. Both of these teams have had such a disappointing yeah, they're both on 26 points. So, yeah, without a win in this one, both of them can't win. So someone's got to lose. Somebody somebody season ends tonight at, a, at about 9.30 p.m., which is very exciting. I hope it's the Roosters. But um, I think they... they what? I, what are you the Roosters? Well, just what? I mean, I, the idea of South having to play the Roosters in a play-in de facto finals game in around 27 p.m. is giving me severe anxiety. So <laughs> I think the Roosters are going to win. I think the Roosters are going to win. I also think the Roosters are going to win. So I think South needs to just take care of business on Sunday to avoid that situation because God damn it. But yeah, I, I think Parramatta of another team that's kind of really gone off the boil in the last couple of weeks. Again, like they're, they're just not giving me enough from like outside of their superstars. Like I, I've said this a couple of times, I think they are probably one of, if not the most top heavy team in the NRL. And I feel like the last few weeks, their, their lesser lights have not been giving enough go forward. They haven't been providing them with enough spark. And the Roosters on the other hand were, were decent last week. I thought they, they played quite well in that second half. They took care of business. And yeah, it, it's, it's still bizarre to me to look at that Roosters team and see that they're where they are on the ladder, because it's just like, Star after star after star as you scroll through their their team lineup. Um, Angus Crichton back as well in the seventeen jersey, so uh, another little boost for them too. But yeah, for me, it's it's difficult to go past them uh, in this one. I think that they should get it done. But Parramatta have shot me before. I think they've probably been the 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 team that's sort of like, I mean, on the season I said they were going to come eleventh, so I nailed that. But like on a week to week basis, I've been like wrong about them every single week. So. Uh, hopefully para fans hear this and, and feel good about it because I'm going to tip the Roosters. Well, <laughs> it they they kind of still do have a chance. Mm. So if Eels win tonight, they... Have a bye in the last round. They've got to beat Penrith next week, right? So they yeah. really, they've got to win two games, two games, and they, they've got a chance. They could probably make the finals, but yeah. Have you, like, Moses has no shot of playing next week if they win this game, right? No, I think he's out for the season, yeah. Okay, yeah. So I guess, like, if you are one of those teams, like a Knights fan or a Souths fan or a Cowboys fan or even a Raiders fan, you probably want Armada to win this game, right? Because that gets them to 12 wins. It officially eliminates the Roosters. And then you you, you could say that, well, Parramatta with a bye and a game at Penrith might not win a game. Well, prob- probably won't win a game after tonight if they do win. So I think if you're a neutral in one of those teams in that sort of six to nine cluster, You'll be cheering for the Eels tonight with good reason. Um, I know I will be, but yeah, I think the Roosters are going to win. I think they've they've actually turned a corner 
to an extent in the last couple of weeks. And um, yeah, look, it was a slow start last week. Uh, no arguments there, but they really, they really took them to the sword after halftime. I thought they played quite well. And yeah, it's remarkable that, you know, we, after putting a line through them on like four different occasions that they're still alive, just go away. Just Huddling go away. away. Well, they play the Tigers it's... next week. Fuck me. Yeah. Just go so they've away. Got obviously, Para and then the Tigers, and then they play South in the final round. Uh... So kind of, I'm really sorry, but you can see them like scrapping together enough. I don't mind if it's a win for them to get into the eight in the final round, as long as it's not we're out if they get in. So that a lot of this depends on Sunday. My God, I hate this. How did we get here? This <laughs> oh, is not fair. Why is this happening to me? Oh. <laughs> Fucking hell. All right. Uh, Super Saturday, kicking off with a bang as the West Tigers host the Dolphins at Parramatta Stadium. Um, yeah, back-to-back games at Parramatta within you know twenty less than 20 hours of each other. So interesting to see how the surface holds up. Always a good stadium, though, so should be fine. And the Tigers, the wooden spoon holding Tigers are $1.40 favorites in a game. Can you believe it? Here's the thing. So this is... Luke Brooks's farewell game being played at Parramatta. Of course. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's just an absolute shit show of a situation at the moment over there mm. at the Tigers. But amazingly, they're favourites to win this. And with good reason. This Dolphins team is quite bad. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely it is. But, yeah, this is this could be so bad it's good. Mm. Yeah. Le- legitimately, I... I... It's always exciting when you can get up and, and, and sort of like, it's always exciting when you think the Tigers have a sniff of winning because like the this, this show in general is quite Tigers positive. We do like the Tigers. Camp and I both went to school in the in the Campbelltown area. We've always had a soft spot for them. Gone to many, many games, too many Tigers games this year, to be frank. But um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's quite funny that, like I say this most weeks, I really don't think they're the worst team in terms of their week-to-week performances. I just think that they're quite unlucky all the time and they've just been not good enough in like these clutch moments in games. Like I really don't I think that... Though, yeah. If they're not the worst team, who is? I think the Bulldogs are the worst team, but I think they benefited from a couple of kind schedule-related wins and where the Tigers just seem to lose by like four to ten points every week, the Dogs lose by 50. I understand they've won like twice as many games, so it's a stupid thing to say, but... <laughs> It's just like week to, a week to week, like the Tigers are always in contests. Like you never watch a Tigers game and and apart from that Cowboys game, really, you never watch them and think that they're going to get, that they, that you never watch them and turn it off at halftime because you're like, oh, this game's over. Like they, they hang around, they hang around in games. And yeah, I think that in this one, they've got to do more than hang around. They've got to do more than that. And they've got to get a win here. They've got to give it, got to give their fans something. I mean, it's remarkable that um, we walked out of Leichhardt Oval that magic night where they scored, a thousand points and they've won a game since then <laughs> so it's like wow i mean give 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 your fans something west give your fans having said that here's taylor rolling the ball in on him he's after it he might have got it down he thinks he did oh cold train cup this is the problem with the cold train cup pam right because you have to pick every team at least once and you also have to balance your home and your away tips and i have not picked the dolphins yet and i when I mapped out my little roadmap to finish the season, I looked at the Dolphins fixtures for the last sort of like six to seven weeks of the year when it became apparent that I would have to tip them. And, um, you know, they got pumped last week. Didn't want to tip them then. Uh, wasn't confident tipping them against the Knights. 
probably should have just tipped it against the Bulldogs, although they ended up losing that game. But yeah, uh, I penciled this game in weeks ago because I need to tip an away team and I haven't tipped the Dolphins yet and the Dolphins are playing away from home. So I have to stick with it, even though I think they're going to lose. And that's thank God I can't win anyway. But if I could, I'd be very annoyed because, um, yeah, this was one like a month or two ago. You might have been like, oh, yeah, I'll grab the Dolphins when I play the Tigers late in the season. But instead, you're tipping a $3 outsider. So I'm going great guns. Fantastic. Cold trading the Dolphins, tipping the Tigers. Who are you tipping? I'm tipping the Tigers, but I I think this will also just be an absolute scrapathon. And I think, yeah, as I said, I think it'll be so bad it's good and it could be really close. Yeah, the Dolphins have won one game since May. That seems bad. Yeah. Mm. Really? Like, wait, what? It was a feel-good start to the year, but it really has just fallen in a heap now, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, they've, they're losing. And I can't blame them. Their depth is so bad. But... It's really not good. Their, their team that they've been able to put on the park is is so far from their best. So you can't really blame them. But, um, yeah, I will be yeah. watching an interest. Yes, me too. Okay, 5.30 p.m., Gold Coast Stadium. Um, I, like obviously when a, when a, when a guy comes in and it's like a bench forward or like an outside back, I've never heard of, it's one thing, but like when a starting halfback comes in and I'm like, who is this guy? Uh, it does catch me by off guard a little bit. So Pam, who is Tom Weaver? Tell me about him. No idea who Tom Weaver is. He sounds like a baseball player from like the 1970s. He won a bunch of world series with the Cincinnati Reds or something, I but, uh, friend. but they've pulled the pin on the Tanner Boyd situation. I think that's. You know, I don't think Tanner Boyd's shown a whole lot this year. I think he's struggled at times and, you know, with very little to play for for them. Why not? Why not kick the tires on Tom Weaver and see what you've got? But yeah, he'll be making his debut and uh, not many more uncomfortable situations to make your debut than against the greatest NRL team that I've ever seen. But here we are. He'll be taking on the Penrith Panthers who get Jerome Luai back. They get Luke Garner, Mitch Kenny, Spencer Lienu. Um, Yeah. Good luck, good luck, Tom. What do you think? You never know. We don't. We don't know Tom. He could be an amazing athlete, and I'm sure he is. He, he's playing in the NRL. He's 20 years old. Of course, yeah. So we don't really know, but gosh, that is a really tough. That is a. You really talk about tough. your baptisms of fire, like. Yeah, yeah. It was the same thing with Ethan Strange last week coming up. Mm. Oh yeah. <laughs> playing Melbourne, that's really rough. Um, rough situation to make your debut in, but. Yeah, I mean, what is there to say about this, Penrith? Oh, well, like rolling on. You rarely see a team at home nine dollar fifty outsiders, but yeah, Penrith oh. are a dollar and six cents. Um, I do like what they're doing. Like, I, 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 as I said, I like that they pulled the pin on on Tanner Boyd, but like, I'm not, I'm not sure. I, Keanu Keeney at fullback. Um, not, I don't know. AJ Brimson is only in the nineteen, so I guess he's not. Like, maybe that's a late change. Brimson comes in at pullback. And if that happens, I think that that does make them feel slightly better about their chance. I think you'd upgrade them from no chance to like a tiny chance. But, you know, the thing about the Titans though is, right, like they're not a good team, right? But they are at times a team. They are a talented team. I will. They are, they're not a good team, but they're a team full of talented players. And I am, I think they, along with the Dragons, are a team I'm really excited to see next year when they've got a proper coaching setup because I think that they have a lot of potential that they're wasting. Having said uh-huh. that, in this game, like you know, that, that it's not a bad, it's not a bad forward rotation. Like Tino's, Tino's at lock this week, but they've got Mofo and him together again. Dave Fafita starting still. He's playing some good footy in the last few weeks. 
Like, it, no one can match it with Penrith's forward pack. We know that. But if they can hold their own and sort of just not get steamrolled, there's still enough talent in that back line. Like, Jaden Campbell with ball in hand is one of the most electric players in the competition. Like, there's still, there's still ways that they can exploit Penrith out wide if they can get some good ball to the, some of these speedsters. Um, will it happen? Probably not. I'm just trying to mount a case for how they could win this game in a perfect world. I think in a perfect world, their forward pack um, sort of holds their own and then, you know, they, they they fling the ball out to the guys like Jaden Campbell and AKP and Phil Simon to do some cool shit. And I think if Brimson's at fullback, that gives them another dimension in attack as well. So if he ends up playing, then maybe they're a slight chance. I think there's no chance without him. I'm obviously tipping Penrith. Who are you tipping? Penrith, obviously. Yeah. But it, but I think in games like this, it is it comes down to the mental approach mm. to it. So for the Titans, if they go in and go, oh, we're playing Penrith, like if there's an inkling of far out, we, we're playing Penrith, we don't have much of a hope here, we're going to do our best, Penrith will just absolutely exploit that. But on the other side, if Penrith have, oh, we're playing the Titans easy as, that can be a real danger for them too. So they both have to kind of come in with the right attitude, I mm. think, in games like this. And I think um, I think that's a testament to Penrith, right? Like they rarely have these games. We rarely see them drop games against mm-hmm. bad teams in the way in the way that teams like South and the Roosters and other heavyweights have done over the last couple of seasons. Like Penrith just get up every mm-hmm. week, it seems like, no matter who the opponent is. So Absolutely. And I'm not saying that they would go in and, and lose this game if they no, no, no. the wrong attitude. But it could not be as big of a probably mm. blowout. Yeah. In- I think that's fair. I think the Titans have points in them. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, you know, Penrith's defense is pretty good. So we'll see what happens. I mean, we'll, we'll be watching. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> um, and then the final game of the round, uh, sorry, final game of Saturday, I should say, um, the Dragons hosting the Storm down in Wollongong. Um, a r- r- rough timing for the Dragons, I think. I know it's only the third place game, but you'd imagine a lot of the country will be watching the Matildas at 7.30 on Saturday night. But they get Zach Lomax back. They're not playing for a whole lot, but they are playing to keep the Melbourne Storm out of the top four. I guess this, the the flip side of that is if they win this game, their arch rival Cronulla Sharks go into the top four. So kind of a weird one for Dragons fans. Don't know really what they want out of this game. Uh, they were really bad last week. I think most teams could have could have got a win over South last week with the amount of ball that South dropped and the amount of opportunities they gifted to teams. But outside of like those 12 points that they scored off, literally off South dropping kickoffs, they showed... Very, very little. Like it was a really, really slack performance from them. I thought um, they do get Zach Lomax back, which I think will add a bit to their attack. But you know, Melbourne was so good last week, and yeah, no reason for that not to continue here. I don't think. It must be so hard to get towards the end. We'll get to the end of the season. Know that you're not going to play finals. Everyone is already kind of moving on to next year, but you still got games to play. I imagine that would be a really kind of tough situation to find yourself in and that's obviously where the dragons are right now um but yeah for melbourne they have that top four spot that they're playing for obviously with the sharks winning and finding some form they really need to keep winning to hold on to it and it looks like it probably will go down to that final round game against the broncos for them to get there um and also for the minor premiership as well so a lot will come down to that uh but yeah this one just seems like this is Melbourne's. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, we've got a couple of really important games on Sunday, starting with two o'clock Hunter Stadium. The Knights hosting the Rabbitohs. I mean, it's it's remarkable that these teams are now sitting right next to each other on the ladder. They took vastly different paths to get to where they are, but the reality is they're both in the same spot. Win here, you secure finals berth more or less. 
loss and you're suddenly sort of feeling a bit sweaty in the last fortnight of the season. Um, it's remarkable that it's come to this for Seattle with how well they played up in the first like 10 or 11 weeks of the season. But here we are on the road against the Knights. I'm getting some serious PTSD from 2011 when they went up there in the last round of the season. Me and Harry Ramage drove up there and they got absolutely pantsed. Um, that's not going to happen here, I don't think, but it's going to be a tough game. It's going to be a really, really hard game with a Knights team that has looked outstanding in the last six weeks. They get Bradman Best back as well, which is a huge in for them. And with the way I think teams have been able to exploit South's edge defense recently, that's that's really good timing for them and terrifying for me. I was hoping he'd miss maybe one more game. But Pam, I guess the most surprising thing is Jackson Hastings named in the seventh. Yeah, well, I think that they're hoping that he's going to play, that it's not going to be as serious as they maybe first thought. So, but it could also just be smoke and mirrors too. So Take the week off, Jacko. Take a week off. (laughs) I mean, we'll see what happens there. But, yeah, I mean, the Knights have just been in such good form these last couple of weeks. I'm a long-suffering Knights fan, um, so it's been hard for me to actually believe it. Um, But, yeah, they've looked really good these last couple of weeks. They have... So they've got this game at home and then they have the Sharks at home as well. And then they play the Dragons in the final yep. round. So they actually have a really good draw. Um, but tickets for this game, did you get tickets? Are you going? I got my, I got my pass, but um, well, Jack, Jack's going, but he's sitting He's sitting in this, he's got seats with his with, with T and, and, and Gussie. So I didn't want oh. to sit on the hill by myself. So I'm probably just going to sit. Yeah, sorry. My partner is trying to go with his friends because um, I'll be doing sideline for NRLW so I can get in. We went to get tickets on Tuesday. All sold out. Yeah. Um, can't find them yeah. anywhere. So I know. It's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. I was cause, like, again, like, yeah, if, 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 if I had, if, if Braves was going on the hill, I'd go, but I don't want to stand by myself in my South. The other issue is like getting back to the World Cup final. Like, I don't want to get stuck in traffic or like a train delay and risk missing that game. So. Unfortunately, we'll watch it from home. But again, like hostile crowd, don't want to be a part of this if South's lose anyway. So maybe a blessing in disguise. We talked about Hastings. They've got Clune on the bench there. I think that that just in case he doesn't go. A couple of big guys sitting on that extended bench for South as well. Jaime Sele and Tavita Totola in the 19 and the 21 respectively at time of recording, neither of whom have been cut from the squad. So if they get those two guys back, I think that's that's a massive in for them. Like that's... The way they win this game is getting on top early in the forwards and, and and sort of pushing the Knights back, which no teams have really been able to do in the last six weeks. But a team like South is capable of doing that if they're fit and firing. But, you know, that's been their problem all year, right, is being fit and firing or both. So <laughs> I don't know. What, what, who, are you, who, who are you expecting? What are you expecting from Adam Clune if he has to come in and, and play in this one? Oh, it's so tough to say. I think he'll just come in and just do really simple stuff and just kind of do a job, you know, put put his kicks in and and that's really it because most of that is really controlled by Kalen Ponga, as we know. All of all of that attack comes from him. Um but yeah, I really I don't know. I, I actually think Jackson Hastings is going to play, but that's just my gut feeling. That's based on no information whatsoever that I have. Uh, so yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. What do you think? Gotta, well, look, uh, okay, so this is like I am the least superstitious person in the world. I don't believe in jinxes, I don't believe in curses, I don't believe in any of that stuff. Having said that, the moment I saw that the Knights were wearing those god awful mining jerseys, I went from shit, this game could go either way to South are going to kill them. <laughs> you know what? I had the exact same thought because <laughs> something 
crazy always happens in those mining jerseys. And when I saw it was mining, when they were mining round or whatever, whatever it is that they, they do, which is a great kind of initiative, I guess, but it's in these jerseys that something weird always happens. So mm. that kind of, that got my hands up a bit. Yeah. I think that that, that swung me honestly to tipsy house. <laughs> <laughs> it's the shit jersey. I also just think that, like, the, the Knights have been fantastic. They're, they're, I'm not saying they're due a bad week, but, you know, you can't keep going at this level forever. And Souths, I think, have just come off that road trip, traveling the country. Um, you know, they'll be pissed off with how everything on that trip went. They'll be pissed off that they got embarrassed by the Broncos. They'll be extra pissed off that they, they got embarrassed by the Sharks. And I think that even those two wins against 17th and 16th on the ladder were both kind of laborious in 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 execution. So been a real, real, real tough stretch for them. And I think that this is it. This is last chance balloon for them to wake up and actually show us something, show us that you're the team that we saw in the first three months of this season. That was so good that were premiership favorites at one point, Like, show us that. And against a really good team on the road with so much on the line, yeah, got to get it done. You got to turn up here and have a big one. And I think that this is going to be an excellent game. I'm really keen for it. Um, I'm going to tip Souths in a close one. Another fun storyline is the AJ versus Dominic Young for the top try scorer going directly at each other. So I know. Yeah. Yeah, I know. No, well, I'm tipping the Knights in this one. So of we're course. going to go completely opposite um, because I would feel like a terrible fan if I didn't. No, absolutely. I was, yeah, no, of course. T- tipping your team is is, is a tried and tested tradition. I don't always do it no I don't always no do on this it. show like even <laughs> when I'll spend 10 minutes and we have bad Souths I'll be like yeah yeah I'll tip South but I think the one that we got in tip them was against the Warriors and they won so what do I know but mm, um yeah uh yeah this game's gonna be excellent I think if you're a neutral you're gonna be really excited for you and I and for all our Knights and Rabbitohs brethren uh we're gonna be <laughs> pretty pretty nervous for a couple of hours during this one I think it's gonna be a fantastic game and finishing up we've got Sunday afternoon, the Raiders hosting the Bulldogs. Well, the Raiders haven't won a game by more than 10 points all year. The Bulldogs are horrific. Having said that, does this game end with a a Canberra Raider snapping over a late field goal to win 21-20 after they were 20-0 up initially? Oh, my God. That actually would happen, wouldn't it? I can imagine Campo sitting over there. (laughs) Watching on his phone in Memphis. (laughs) Having a breakdown. A full range of emotions, Um, as he said, while he's discovering himself over in the US. Mm. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) that actually could happen. Uh, Surely not, though. I mean, surely. They're going to win. They're going to smash. It has given them enough of a spray after last week that they would come out and and have some kind of encouraging performance because yes they've got a tough draw to finish too i mean i think i said this the other like i said i I said this couple when they played the tigers i was like show us something like show us like this is a week where they're finally going to flex their muscles and they ended up almost losing that game probably should have could have lost that game but this is the way like show us something canberra like it's the bulldogs have they got nothing to play for they've just been coming off another 50 point flogging up in newcastle like Show us something. Put on a show for your fans who have just been, who are down. Like they've not even bitten their finger. They've bitten the tips of their fingers off. They're down to like the middle of their fingers at this point because they've been so nervous all year. Like give them something comfortable. Just give them a comfortable win. I know that's not how you do things down there, but against the Bulldogs, come on, you got to get done. I'm tipping Canberra. I'm tipping them with confidence to finally get that elusive 13 plus win that has evaded them all season long. 
Well, I'm tipping them with confidence that they're going to win. I don't know about a 13 plus. <laughs> I have a sneaking suspicion that the Bulldogs are going to upset someone along the way. I don't know who that's going to be, but over these oh, running out of games, so it could be this week. Could be this week. All right. A full slate of NRLW as well. Again, they've got a nice early start tomorrow, 11.05 a.m. They're Cowboys hosting the Sharks at Townsville. Um, Why don't they do a game before the – like, why don't they do a game on the Thursday night before the, the game? They, ha- they did Because they did, it, they did it in the Roosters' rounds. Manly game, right? Yeah, they've done, yeah, they did it in the first couple of rounds, but I think it's just more of a – um, logistical thing because of yeah, like they're not full time, are they all, because none of them are full? Yeah, right, that makes sense, I guess. But, yeah. um, yeah, so another Saturday triple header starting 11 a.m. Um, so the Cowboys are an interesting team. I, I again, I feel like they're they're a team that is, has not been pulling up trees to any large extent, but at the same time, they've had nice patches in games, they've had good moments. Um, and the Sharks kind of the flip side of that. I thought that they were really, really good to start the season against Canberra, but they've kind of just not been not been at the races the last couple of weeks. Having said that, they get Jada Taylor back this week, who's electric. And I think that they might now finally have that have that one six seven nine combo that can get stuff done for them again. What do you think in this one? Yeah, I agree. I think as much as Jada Taylor isn't a huge name in in NRLW at the moment, but she's a super, super talented athlete and she has been really important for the Sharks, I think. And then not having her, she played in round one, she's been out with an ankle injury and not having her has just forced too many kind of bits and pieces of changes and Emma Tonegato moving to fullback and things like that and it's just kind of disrupted things a little bit. But they haven't been, they should have probably showed a little bit more than what they have been. So it's, I think it's been a bit of a disappointing start for the Sharks, for sure. Um, they do have a lot of big dogs in that team, though, so mm. it could also just be a case of too many cooks in the kitchen type situation. Um, but the, whereas the Cowboys have looked decent, yeah. So I think it'll be the Cowboys in this one. Yeah, I'll take the Cowboys as well. Um, the Tigers are big in, in the form of Botil Vete Welsh at the fullback spot. They also get Lasana Lutu back as well. Some to big ins for them and it's a Dragons team that I think were pretty unlucky last week. Oh yeah, I agree. Yeah, they were really like unlucky last week. I think that um the Tigers, Lasana Lutu is one of my favorite players. She's I just awesome. think she's she's 19 years old. She's a big body. She just lays on tries everywhere. She's amazing. Mm. So having her come in, I think she they'll bring her in off the bench or they've been kind of experimenting with her a little bit. So that'll be really good. And then obviously Bo at the back is just, and she's unreal. So um, I've tipped the Tigers in this one, uh, but I not super convincingly because I think the Dragons have more that they haven't really been able to show yet. They should have won last week. They didn't quite get it done um, in Golden Point. Uh, so yeah, this could be, this would be a really good game actually. Yeah, um, I, I'll tip the Tigers as well. I think, yeah, last 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 couple of weeks have been tough sledding. Like that, you lose your best player in the opening half in that in that game two weeks ago, and then they don't like neither her nor Lutu play. Like, they've been so important to this team so far this year. Neither of them playing last week was massive. Um, big big ins for them. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll tip the Tigers for sure. Um, the Titans finally lost a game last week, running into that Newcastle juggernaut. And uh, unfortunately for them, it doesn't get any easier this week as they play the Roosters, who after, I mean, that one blip against Canberra have firmly 
entrenched themselves at the top of the ladder. Yeah, so they absolutely blitzed Cronulla last week. So I think they scored like 36 unanswered points or something. Um, it was really, really cool to see. Um, they just kind of seem to have clicked mm. and they're kind of cruising at the moment. They're top of the ladder. Um, I love the Titans as a team as well. I think they have a great team, but they're still without uh, they're still without um, Talia Fumono. Yeah. So he's Jamie Chapman out again, like straight away. <laughs> Brutal. Brutal, yeah. So they they're struggling with a little bit with some injury issues at the moment. Um, I tipped the Roosters in this one. Yeah, me too. Yeah, how do you see it? Yep. Yeah. yeah, look, I just like again, it, it's we I. We we enjoy, I enjoyed the sort of relative chaos of the first couple of weeks, but I think those top teams are starting to show us who they are, and I think that the the, the Roosters and Knights are clearly the two best teams, and I think that they'll go on and take care of business here pretty comfortably, I'd imagine. Again, the Titans, it's it's hard. Like just get, once they're full strength, they're three and one, having not been full strength at all. But you know, they're they're three and one with some tight games, and you know that that tough loss last week. So yeah. Uh, they're they're definitely a team that's sort of in the in the hunt for those three. I think basically anyone bar Parramatta is in is you can make a case for them getting those top those last two top fours. Maybe not the Dragons actually, but yeah, those third and fourth spots. But I think those top two are clearly sort of pulling away from the rest, don't you? Yeah, I do agree. I I think the Titans are one of those top sides. I think what mm. they've been able to do with an understrength team has been really really good, and they've shown early that their depth is there. Um, but yeah, the, yeah, there's the, we're starting to see the, the difference in between the top sides and the bottom sides in the NRLW at the moment. So we're, we've had four games so far, um, and we've got nine rounds. So we're about midway through the season now. Um, yeah. And we're really starting to see them pull away. Yeah. But, um, so the, probably the biggest game around, uh, lunchtime on Sunday, the Knights and the Broncos. Some big, big ins for the Broncos. They get Gail Broughton back. They get Aneta Claudia Nuasala back, and they get Destiny Brill back. That's not not a bad not a bad cavalry to be welcoming in. <laughs> not bad, yeah. Gail Broughton is one of my favorite players. She's awesome. Loved her last year. It's like again, just poor Parramatta, but yeah, she's great. <laughs> she is. She is. She's got a lot of great footwork. She's got a lot of good vision, and she's a really good foil there for Ali Brigginshaw as well. Um, the Knights just seem to continue rolling on as well. Obviously they lost a few players from last year's um, premiership winning side, but they still look really good again this year. They lost mm-hmm. that game to the Cowboys a couple of weeks ago, but at home, big double header, packed crowd. I see them winning this one. Yep. Caitlin Johnson back to big, big in. Yeah. I, I, I firmly hope the Knights win this game. How about that? I'll give you one win on Sunday. Thank you so much. No worries. Uh, and so this Raiders doubleheader is basically both of their men's and women's teams playing the worst team, in my opinion, in both the NRLW and the NRL men's. So just take care of business. Uh, just take care of business, uh, Raiders, Raiders and Valkyries. We're still trying to get that name going. But uh, the NRL said no. What a bunch of jerks. But um, yeah, no LCL, but Parramatta, of course. And I just think that Canberra are going to roll here. I think they will too. I think Parramatta look much better with um, having Rachel Pearson back in the side. Yes. They desperately needed her. Um, and they looked so much better with her last week. And then obviously Elsie as well. But then just those calf injuries are just so temperamental. Mm. And yeah, so I don't know how long they'll be missing Elsie again for, but 
she is one of their top two best players. Yep. So yeah, and no Kennedy Cherrington as well, obviously suspended. That, that's the two best players not playing. It's what do you really, want? Yeah, it's a really tough go for the Eels at the moment. So this should be the Raiders. Yeah, so we've tipped both Raiders, men's and women's with confidence. So I look forward to them both winning by a field goal. <laughs> I think yeah, you're probably right. Simi Renrandra trying the chip and chase. Oh, no, it's Simi Redradra. Redradra's away. Simi Redradra. Oh, this will be interesting. Oh, yes, it will, yes. Simi Renrandra. Oh, he's absolutely buried it. Okay, some news before we get out of here. Um, a big week for the news stories, Pamela. Um, we'll start with the West Tigers. Uh, what was your favourite moment of the Tim Sheens era 2.0? Was it when I won a game by a 1,000 points and he still blamed the referees afterwards? That was mine. Yeah, or I think um, uh, I think some of the miscommunications of him not being totally aware of how social media works or the internet. Um, I think both he and Benji Marshall be saying different things to the media about uh, which player was that? I can't remember what it was. They were both, they were both saying two different things to the media and Tim just kind of probably didn't realize that you could Google it. Um, So yeah, some of those things were, were my favorite. I feel really sorry for West Tigers fans though, because I just think, what a waste of a year. What a waste of Appy Corusau's contract as well for a one year. Totally. And I just, at the start, when all of this started to happen, I cannot understand why they want to go back to, I understand why you'd want to go back to the good vibes of 2005 and why that worked at the time, but that was really such a a moment in time. It was almost 20 years Mm. ago now and it just is not going to work again. So they need to find a way to make it work in 2024. Stop trying to recapture something that was no, just a flash it like a flash yeah, in the it, pan. Just a the greatest of- flash in the pan that we can remember in this sport, but a flash in the pan. Like, I think I've said this before, but like they are imprisoned by 2005 and the memories of it more than any other team is imprisoned by anything. Like, that is their break glass in case of emergency for any reason whatsoever is 05, 05, 05. And you're right. Like, if you want a nostalgia pop to get people fired up or to get people excited for the new season, like, have Shane's come back and like, you know, do something before the first game. Or it's like, you know, like South's can have an old player ring the bell or something before the grand final. They're not going to have Bob McCarthy come back and be the coach to get, to get premiership vibes back in Redfern. And it's like it, it, this doom was, this was doomed from the start. I think we, we weren't fans of it on the show. Like we love Benji Marshall, adore Benji Marshall, but it didn't make any sense to me to be getting a guy back to coach a team that hasn't coached in the NRL for 10 years who, as great as 05 was, only made the finals, I think, what, two years out of, like, the nine he coached after that? Like, it wasn't exactly like he left the Tigers and they were a juggernaut. By the time he left the Tigers, they were where they are now, just sort of a a basket case going through the motions. And it's remarkable that with the guys they signed, like, this is weird, right? Like, try and reconcile these two separate statements because I kind of think they're both true. Like, I think they all their signings this year have been decent, but they've also gotten worse. So I don't understand how that's happened. Like, as in, sorry, the sign has been good, but the team has gotten worse. So, like, yeah. I don't get it. I don't get it. Like, clemmer has been good. Harley's had good games. Bateman's good. And Coruscant's been, like, great. And they 
they just they lost. They won three games. I don't get it. It's just because of all of the stuff that happens behind the scenes. Like no one's on the same page off the field. So why would there anyone be on the same page on it? It's just yeah, it's just the whole culture of the place. It they've got that brand new center of excellence and there's nothing but mediocrity coming out of it. It is just, the center of mediocrity. It is. It is. And it's just it's kind of sad to see, but I don't know why that isn't obvious to everyone else that you know you need to move on from 2005 there was nothing good that lasted after that and there's nothing good to come from going back to it it Uh, it needs to be like and putting Benji Marshall into which a job which is the toughest job in the NRL that job for an experienced coach like Michael Maguire was mm, difficult yeah but for a rookie coach, and he was he was there only a couple of years ago playing. Yeah, it just what are we doing? It just I doesn't know, seem man. professional. I don't I, know. I want so bad that like round thirteen next year. There's a couple of injuries, and Benji straps him on captain, <laughs> captain coach. Bring it back to the olden days. Wouldn't that be something? I mean, it's. I back him. He could still go. He could give you eighty minutes. He could talk to anyone at the Tigers over this last year. Oh, yeah, they say he still dust people at training, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's great. Um, but it's important to know that the Tigers brass said that they didn't think that this was a mistake. So, that's good. They they think that this was all fine. But but they also have made a lot of all of these decisions over these last couple of years too. So whatever it's, day, it's yeah, it's opposite week. I don't They'll know. teach how to not run a football club in schools about running about sports administration. They'll teach, they'll teach this West Tigers regime. I reckon be like, don't do anything that these guys did. Uh, one quick correction and apology from last week. Harry did say that uh, the Tigers won three games last year, three this year for a combined total that equaled the two dog shit Newcastle Knights years under Nathan Brown in whether one where they won one game, one won five games. We got a couple of tweets and messages from people. The Tigers won four games last year. So that's seven total right now. So they are one game better than the worst NRL era team of all time. So apologies to Tigers fans for that one. And I did I didn't do one one of them. Like um, I think one of the one of the guys who tweeted us to the correct was like, this is very tallest dwarf stuff, but we won four games last year. So apologies. Um <laughs> You can't rob it. See, they're all so important. It's, those things. Yeah. They're, yeah, I, they're important to people. They're what you hold on to. So you, you can't really. I do like the gallows humor from their fans, who I do really like most Tigers fans that I know, except Simon. Um, and it, like, it's, yeah, it sucks for them that they have to just suffer through this for like another year. But um, yeah, here we are. And I do feel terrible. Maybe Benji will be great. Maybe they'll get some assistance in that will help him out and, and get get some results this year because I do think their team is better than the 17th best roster in terms of talent. I really do feel that way. So Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think he's speaking at some point today, so maybe we'll Ooh. a little bit more. Yeah. Fun. All right. Uh, some big, big signing news. Um, Payne Haas, three-year contract extension with Brisbane. Uh, didn't get the 10-year Tino deal, but uh, looks like he's staying put in Brisbane. I think, Pam, this, it's fair to say that this – has probably been the most tedious ongoing signing story in the NRL sphere in the last like year and a half or so is where's Payne Haas going to go? What's Payne Haas going to do? Finally, we can stop talking about it for two years until 2025 when, when it expires in 2026, 
the the drums will start beating again. But yeah, great great business for Brisbane, I think. Like obviously, what can you say about this guy? Best prop in the world. Never mind anybody else and staying put. I totally agree. I truly think he is an amazing athlete. I think for everything that he deals with off the field as well, to be able to keep performing at such such a high level, um, I think it is actually really remarkable. And I never really saw him going anywhere else. No, no, no. I think we kind of talked about it last week. It's like, as, like when you're a player that's that good, when even like your low offer in inverted commas is going to be like a million dollars, whatever the Broncos are going to be giving him, like surely taking that money taking getting a million dollars to play in front of the biggest crowds in the game every week on a good team with talented players in a city that lives in breeze rugby league surely you'd rather do that for a million dollars than go and play for one of the bad teams for 1.2 million um and he's he's made that decision not everyone would so credit to him um yeah because yeah. that doesn't equal you know an extra 200 grand in your pocket either some of that is goes on tax and blah 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 what actually ends up coming into your pocket mm. is probably not that much yeah, uh, and uh, Bud Sullivan signed with the West Tigers, so um, they lose uh, one mustachioed, exciting young playmaker in Dane Laurie, but they refill that void immediately uh, as Sullivan joins from St George Illawarra, who've released him from the final two years of his contract. Yeah, well, look, they're making some moves. Good, exciting player. He is an exciting player. He is an exciting player, but I mean, yeah, there's just a lot that they kind of need to do, as we were saying before. They made some really good signings at the end of last year. Mm. Um, it's just how it all comes together, I guess. <laughs> they've put together. It really, I don't think it really matters who they sign now. It, they've just got to get it together off the field. Um, James Tama retired at half time in the game last night. So just the two games for the Cowboys since returning from the Tigers this year. Had a list Frank injury for a lot of the season. But, yep, yeah, uh, one of the greats of our game. 300-game prop. Nice fella every time I talk to him. Um Hanging him up, thoughts? He's he's just the best. He's he really is one of the nicest players yep. you'd ever speak to. He's a lovely man, um, and just probably pretty typical of him. Quite humble, just to go. Yep, halftime, calling it. Um, I think we'll look back. He's he is one of the greats of the game. So good for him. Yeah, great career. And um, this story broke a couple of days ago now, but we haven't had a pod since then to talk about it. Um, Savita Pangai is set to walk away from rugby league to pursue a boxing career, a massive 750k a year deal left on the table for next year. Cam, I was kind of shocked by this. I know that he likes his boxing and he wants to go down that road, but I can't imagine a world where he's going to be making anywhere close to 750 grand a year next year as as a fighter. Like I've, I've obviously covered a lot of those fights over the last few years. And I don't think the purse is going to be anywhere near that much for him. So it's, I was quite surprised by this, that he's, I thought he might try to juggle it a bit more next year. And then maybe after that contract expires, but geez, leaving, leaving that, leaving that cash on the table to pursue boxing, I guess, uh, quite shocking in my opinion. Yeah. I'd be interested to know whether or not he was maybe given a bit of a word. Mm. Uh, that, yeah. You know, maybe it hasn't quite worked out at the Bulldogs. It ha- yeah, his his career hasn't kind of been what he would have hoped. Um, and then maybe they kind of gave him a little bit of a word, like you're potentially not going to be in the team next year. You've got to try and find something. And it just kind of became a little bit too difficult. And this is just a way that he avoids all of that altogether. One of the, one of the, like, so, I, I mean, on his day was a fe- like one of the great, I think, wasted yeah. careers. When you when it's all said and done, like this guy was so talented, he was so good. 
so exciting. Such an aggressive runner with ball in hand could kill people in defense. Um, and then I, I just like kind of went off the boil towards the end of that Broncos stint. And then, I mean, he had that one great game for Penrith in the finals, but I mean, it's just, that's it really. And I think we're going to look back on this guy, like, you know, in five years time, if we're still doing this podcast and we get a question, like who are the great sort of what if guys of our time, I think Tuda Pango will be a superb answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, it could have absolutely been anything in this game. And I think for a while it was considered, you know, he's going to be, you know, one of the one of the best players in the game. Yeah, not now. Yeah, it's out that way. Oh, well, uh, good good for the Bulldogs and their salary cap, I guess. Isn't that something? Isn't that <laughs> something? All right, before we get out of here, quick thank you to the people in the top two tiers on our Patreon subscription service. If you'd like to support us, go to patreon.com forward slash rookies. You get access to our Discord server, a third bonus show every week, merchandise discounts, entry into next year's Coltrane Cup. And I believe Pam will ask one question to a coach of your choice at a press conference if you uh, join our Patreon. Is that true, Pam? <laughs> well, I didn't, I've never heard this before. I've never heard it. That's a new to... perk just announced this week. Oh, God. Well, it depends what the question is. <laughs> I love it. Some idiot pays $11 to, ask, to get you to ask Trent Robertson what his favorite type of frog is. Oh, uh, my God. I'd enjoy that. I'd enjoy that. At least he loves France. He probably likes frogs. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. He's been a bit cranky lately. So I yeah. don't know if he'll be game enough, actually. Glare me down. Indeed. All right. So thank you to Chris Abnell, Dave, Rocky and Rafi Stew, Where's Wayno, Alex Sejacomi, Bruce the Bomb, Butsy, call me King of the Mountain. Chewbacca Snuffle Up against Dan Cullinane, David Doc Hogg, and Anonymous Backer. Dumb Donuts rule the cheesesteaks at Campos. Ed Burton, Frankie, Horsburgh scores for Jace Felix Farnworth, Jason Joe, Joel Wrigley, John, Josh Brandon, kicks house out of the comp, Lachlan Hancock, lifelong Dolphins fan, Luke Charles Smidmore, Mads Taylor's version, Matthew Duggan, Michael Gunter Glieben, Glauken Gorben, Murray, Mr. Beefy, Morgan Watkins, my name is Matt Bungard and I love Taylor Swift. My name is Matt Bungard and I love the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs. My ding ding dong is hard and I am sad. Never trendy. Pat McManus, Raymond, the Jukebox Stone, Gossard, Reese Brown, Rowan Edwards, Roxanne Clark, Rock Infringement. Voiceover is the most mature voice in the NRL. See you in Vegas. Shanta, Ty, the Black Vegetable, Thor, Tom Hardy, Watch Me Widdop, Watch Me Nene, Was, and Westlife's podcast. Thank you so much for your support to everyone in the lower tiers and to everyone who just listens. Thank you as well. Pam, what was your favorite of those names? Uh, my name is Matt Bungard and I'm a big Taylor Swift fan or whatever yeah. that was. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, uh, hey, look. She's she makes good music. What can I say? All right. Um, Pam, where can people find your work both on social media and in in the written word? You can find me um on codesports.com.au on the Daily Telegraph, um, and also in the Saturday Sunday Telegraph. You can find me on Twitter or X or whatever mm. the hell it is these days. Um, just Pamela Whaley. You can find me on Instagram, Pam S. Whaley. Cool. Um, yeah. What's the S stand for? Samantha. No. Damn, I took a Sally. Sue. Sue. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. I, I don't want to, oh, no, I didn't want to dox you, but yeah. <laughs> Fuck, that's so stupid. I've actually done that before. Like, I've done that literally exact same guessing game with Sarah Keegan, also guessing the show with the exact same thing. Because <laughs> it's also her Facebook name. Anyway, not you smart know, by me. Not you. my best work. No, <laughs> clearly not. All right. And with that said, say goodbye, Pam. Bye, guys. Thank you so much. And it's goodbye from me.